0: Welcome everyone to Jubilee Street, a music podcast. Podcast. My name is Ian McCurtis. Curtis. With Jake. With Jake Curtis. With Jake. With Blue, the intern dog in person. Buffy has the day off, and today we're talking about Balcony Man by Nick Cave. No bad seats, but Warren Ellis. There
1: was a podcast named Jubilee Street, a music podcast hosted by Jake Jake. And- That one night where you were, like, shooting ping pong balls into my butt you got everyone in there. Speaking of No Bad Seeds, do you have any comments about the upcoming Nick Cave tour Sands Bad Seeds?
0: What's-his-face? Colin Greenwood's playing bass. Is that his mm-hmm. name? What's-his-face. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, Colin Greenwood. <laughs> so... I'm I'm curious. is it like full band? Like it'd be weird to just be like piano and bass. I guess that wouldn't be that weird. That's For Nick like it's a jazzy probably
1: thing. yeah, he can probably do it without I I it, I guess like if Warren I, Ellis
0: gonna be there? It's I'm like labeled right. Nick Cave solo tour, but it's not really solo tour of Colin Greenwood's Or if Warren even if Warren Ellis there it's a different thing too. So I'm wondering if it's a two piece, a three piece, what what's it gonna look like?
1: Well, you know, Radiohead switched it up with the smile last year, so maybe Nick's gonna do some jazzier numbers. And
0: Colin Greenwood isn't in the smile, right? I don't think so. Actually,
1: it's just him, Tom
0: York. It's Tom. Actually, and, um,
1: I think it's pretty much everybody in Radiohead except for not the drummer. Dr- the drummer. Oh, okay. I'm pretty. So it's it's like I think it is Colin Greenwood, um, Radiohead, <laughs> Tom York, Tom York, Tom R- Radiohead Why can't I think York. I can't think the
0: guitar player's name. Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's
1: right. But yeah, uh, master. We we're not sure if we're getting tickets yet. Kind of still deciding if we can. I'm, you know, I just moved recently, so trying to figure out if I can afford it. But sounds pretty cool. I Calvin messed me little, about it.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I went a little overboard and bought two tickets to see The Cure, two concerts.
1: Wait, you're going to see him twice? Yeah. I kind of feel like that's like when 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 I saw Paul McCartney last year, I was like, I could probably do this again and enjoy it just as much.
0: They they were selling out like you know in minutes. Yeah. So me and Courtney tried for two different shows, and we both got tickets. Which ones we did were just you like, get? Um, Atlanta, yeah, and Cleveland.
1: What's what's their touring set list like these days for The Cure?
0: I looked because I was just curious, like what kind of stuff they play. And it looks they divide it really cool. It looks like they do like it's it's labeled as two encores, but I think it's just like two breaks because they're you know they're in their sixties. Mm-hmm. So they do like an hour of like the gothy, long you know eight minute songs, like the blood stuff, that stuff, and then like faith seventeen seconds early. Early stuff before they went poppy, mm-hmm. and then they kind of do two mini sets of so just like the hits, which I think is a cool way. Instead of mixing it all in, almost like two separate vibes.
1: Well, you do the 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 more like uh, what I want to say, like the the diehard fan favorites, and then you can do the like more pop heavy stuff. So I think that not pop, but you know you know what I'm saying.
0: Oh, very. But, I mean, there's like the Cure like two bands. There's the yeah. the goth band that makes you cry, and then the just like Heaven poppy. Sunshine and rainbows.
1: We should do a Cure episode. Have we not done one yet? We have not. We, I think Blood Flowers would be a good episode. Any other uh, housekeeping stuff?
0: No, my house is kept. Uh, I'm he, staying your house for the first time. Nicely kept. He,
1: he really likes it. Um, we, he's gone on record to say that the house is great. So if he tries to say anything else on the podcast, HR is going to ping him, going to get fined. It's been a great month for music for like announcements. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Travis was talking about Caliucci's. I brought her up a couple episodes ago. That album's really good. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's been an exciting year. A lot of cool movies coming out. Uh, A Good Friend with Florence Pugh, I think is out, came out Hmm. uh, last week, I guess at this rate. Um, Excited to see that. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like we're finally into the part of the year that I most enjoy. I feel like, January and February is a little slower and, you know, but I feel like last year we got all the hits in the first couple of months of the year.
0: Yeah. Last year, uh, Big Thief and Black Country New Road were definitely the beginning of the year. And we got, and
1: even in the beginning of the year, like, I know I'm um,
0: FK Twigs.
1: Yeah. And, uh,
0: you're not as much of a
1: weekend mark, but the weekend dropped
0: project really early in 2022. I saw a meme that said, I thought this was really funny. It's that Eve Toomer's music sounds like what the weekend thinks his music sounds like. (laughs) Oh man, dissing. That's a diss. That's funny. That's another good new record.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's been a cool. It's been a cool year for music so far and culture and uh, yeah. Just wanted to. I'm just grateful for how much cool stuff we've had to listen to and um, I've been trying to. You'll you'll probably get a kick out of this. I've been trying to open myself up a little bit more to. I I kind of like. I I didn't really want to get into like. I didn't want to give the music that my brother likes a try but he's been sending me tracks recently and they're all awesome. And I'm realizing that Which is that, like what? Well, it, he sent me this cool like remix of the Cowboy Bebop theme song that one of his his DJs that he likes did and it was really fun and it just like
0: was kind of a nice
1: little bop. So bopper. you just mean like
0: electronic music for people yeah. who don't know Jeff.
1: Yeah, and it's uh and he sent me this like acid track and I like acid cuz you know, Aphex Twin does that kind of style of electronic music. But I was like I think it was called like ambient, uh, euphoric ambient acid or something, and I was like, "Well, you kind of nailed all this, all the stuff I like." So Mm -hmm. um, that's been fun, but yeah, I think uh, let's get into Balcony Man.
0: You ready? Balcony Man from Carnage from this time two years ago. Wow, has it been two years? That's crazy. Dude, I thought this album was like a year old, and then I I saw 2021. I was like, "Whoa!" Well, that was trippy. I I believe that. I was still in the
1: very, the very early days of working at the company I'm still with, Amerisave, and they, I think we, like, it was, like, really busy that day, and you were, like, carnage dropped, you know, can you listen, you know, let's try to listen to it and do an episode, you know, immediate like, first reaction kind of thing, and I just remember, like, playing it, like, two or three times, like, throughout the day, and just, like, taking it in, and It was really cool to come back to it. I really like Balcony Man. It's probably one of my favorite cuts from the record.
0: I liked it way more now than I did when it came out. That's exactly how I felt. I think I was just thinking about it. I haven't really just like thought about COVID in a while. I know. And I was thinking about that time. And I just think because this album feels so, it feels like COVID. It feels Mm -hmm. isolated. This song especially, I think is about COVID. And I just don't think I was like in the headspace for music about that. Yeah, like when it came out, and I haven't really listened to Carnage since, and then revisiting Balcony Man, I was like, "Oh my God, I appreciate this so much more." Yeah, it, hit, it hits different.
1: Strong. Um, who who wrote Hallelujah? Was that Leonard Cohen? Leonard Cohen. Yeah, strong Leonard Cohen feeling on this out on this yeah. track.
0: Like, it's very emotional. Like, dude, the part where it's like, uh, what what is the refrain? Like, the morning's beautiful, and so are mm-hmm. you. Having not heard that in like two years, yeah, I was like tearing up. I was like, "Oh my God, why did I not get how beautiful this?" It oh, is?
1: it's the morning is amazing, and so are oh, you. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing, but um,
1: yeah, great refrain. And there's also some awesome quotables in this, like the two uh, hundred pound octopus line. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, and I, you know, Nick's probably more of a hundred pound octopus, right? There's no, I mean,
1: there's no way he's put on that much mass.
0: You could say, maybe I'm a closer to a 200-pound octopus, but <laughs> uh, Nick Cave, there's no way he weighs more than like 120. He's talking a lot about 200
1: pounds. Like, is this him like, trying to like, manifest like, some weight gain <laughs> or something? He's trying to bulk
0: up. He's trying to get sold. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, we gotta, we got to get him to talk to Mike and Corey and get him on the boiled chicken diet. Yeah,
0: um, two Nick Caves might make 200 pounds.
1: I'm trying to find the line exactly. I'm a 200-pound octopus under a sheet dancing around your world with my hands and feet. I don't know why, but I felt that I found that line to be so like cute and charming, mm-hmm. like it it felt very childlike and kind of whimsical and
0: It's cute because it's like it's sexy in a way. Usually, when Nick Cave gets sexual, it's like gross. It's like Spider yeah. Man, and that was like yeah, very playful, innocent.
1: Well, it immediately made me think of that line from Mermaids, uh, oh, the snatch, the snatch <laughs> line, <laughs> and I was like, where did
0: where did this guy come from? Like, how did you? Mm. I didn't know you had it in you. Um, there's another part of the end, speaking of Snatch, it made me, I, I know I talk about this podcast all the time, but uh, Yassi Salik, the, the host of Bandsplain, mm-hmm. she always says this thing about, as you get older, you bend towards cringe, Like you yeah. just can't help it. Like when artists get older, they just, yeah they get cringy, and there's no point in even fighting it. You should just embrace it. Yeah. And the last line of the song where, what's he say? What doesn't kill you makes you crazier? Yeah. Which is like a Hot Topic t-shirt. Yeah. Nick Cave bending towards cringe. Well,
1: also, though, that's in the same line as, like, the Miley Cyrus floats, uh, the Frappuccino. He, it, it's pretty of his time. And I, di- I actually didn't feel like it It landed on cringe for me. On my it just scale. reminded
0: me of, like, like, a meme with, like, the Joker. And he's like, what does it kill you? makes you crazier.
1: Or, like, I I, think I I don't think I have the T-shirt anymore. But my favorite shirt in seventh grade was one that I got at Hot Topic that said, My imaginary friend thinks you have serious problems.
0: I had the I had the same that style of shirt which uh if anyone doesn't know we're talking about it was what would that have been like two thousand four, two thousand five. It was just these probably, shirts.
1: Probably probably more like two thousand two.
0: There are these shirts a hot topic, they were just plain black shirts with just plain white text. Almost mm. like Comic Sans font. Yeah. And uh I had one that said the problem with normal people is that they're normal. Yeah.
1: And so, like, <laughs> and, I, and I thought that was cool. Do you think Nick has like a stack of like Hot Topic magazines from 2000? Like catalogs, and, he, and this is like... that's where he gets all his material. Oh, Ooh, I'll write about Outer that's Loop. That's a good line. I'll write about J-Mall later. <laughs> <laughs> malls of America. That'll be his next project. Nick, Ooh. don't steal that idea from That'd us. That'd be a good album. I, that's what I'm saying.
0: They came in the bad scenes. Present malls of America. I think
1: Modest Mouse would be kind of pissed off if they did that, though. Are you going to go to that Modest Mouse show, by the way?
0: Um, I don't know. Courtney wants to. I think. They're playing relatively close. They weren't playing in Louisville, but maybe Indianapolis. It's uh,
1: the Pixies too, right?
0: And Cat Power.
1: Do you think there was ever a time when Modest Mouse was starting that they would be co-headlining a tour with the Pixies?
0: It's so weird how like, just like what bands are more popular than other constantly changes because Modest Mouse is opening for Weezer. Yeah. But they're co-headlining with Pixies. Yeah, but certainly there was a time where the Pixies were more, more popular than Weezer. I mean, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird how stuff shifts. Well, God, I mean, it's just like. And Modest the, Mouse was more popular in both those bands, like in
1: 2005. Exactly. It's just weird. I think because the oldest fans that Weezer has are like our age or maybe like 10 years older. No,
0: my parent, my mom and stepdad both love Weezer. They're in their 50s. Are they going to go to? Are they going to? They saw them at the Yum! Center, like. They Before did, COVID. yeah. They That's love Weezer. Awesome. Now, people, boomers, or not, older millennials, younger boomers love Weezer. Have you been to any shows at the U.M. Center? I've only been to. I've been to some basketball games. I've only been to one concert. Arcade Fire. How was the basketball years ago. game? It was great. Lots of seating. You could still. San like, Diego State made the final four.
1: Was that? Were you able to see everything? Like you didn't have to use the jumbotrons too much.
0: No, we we were like all the way up, but we were right in the middle. Okay. So like we had a great view.
1: I'm always fascinated by like, how big those places are, and you can still see I know. See it. When I was in
0: there, I was like, I drive past that building yeah. all the time Anytime I'm leaving my house because yeah. I go through downtown. Like, it's so much bigger on the inside than it looks. It's like a cavern. I know. It
1: just looks kind of like a factory. It doesn't look as big. It's so big. We're, uh, for listeners who are confused, we're talking about the Yum Center. It's like a sports and live music venue in uh, Louisville, Kentucky.
0: So many tourists. It was crazy last weekend seeing because it, it was all the people from like... The places where those schools were, people from San Diego and Iowa. That'd be a and good I idea. Went to Louisville Cream after, and there's all these people from all around the country. Oh, Louisville Cream. Where is that? At? Is that on like First Street? Uh, it's kind of where Nulu starts. So we walked from, it was like a 15 minute, oh, minute they, walk from them.
1: They moved. They must have moved then. Um, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Balcony Man?
0: Yeah, this is all very inside Louisville. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> inside baseball, Louisville. <loophole. laughs> um, um, we were talking about 200 pound octopus and. Uh, what
0: doesn't kill you makes you
1: crazy. What well, doesn't kill you makes you crazier. In hot topic, yeah. I actually thought that line worked because the the rest of the song is so candidly, like I said, charming.
0: It's a weird way to end the album, though. It's the last line of the album.
1: I know it's, but it's that's what I'm. It's just having the context. It'd be interesting to hear somebody who'd never listened to Nick Cave listen to this and what they get from it. And they're just like, oh, cringe. But to me, it just oh, I don't think
0: the song as a whole. I think you nailed it. I think Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen vibes. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe how that song makes people feel like such a strong emotional reaction.
1: So I think in the in the a reaction podcast we did when the album first came out, we talked about how this is just kind of like a sweet like notion of like you know I don't I, I, I don't know if it's explicitly a COVID record. I can't remember if that's like I know they wrote all the songs during COVID. So I don't know if it's like two people getting a hotel room during quarantine, but it definitely could be interpreted that way like let's order takeout we got fazoli's ordered in you know the bread's McCabe really he's
0: not eating fazoli's
1: well that's he's trying to get to 200 pounds
0: oh that's true <laughs> so he's like i'll take all those free breadsticks
1: <laughs> yeah so it, it it just has like a it reminded me a little bit of my time traveling across america to move back to kentucky and just like you know we'd go out to get food at like a in springfield missouri we got some like kind of crappy like Thai food but it was still kind of fun and we watched a movie on the hotel tv and there's like kind of a it feels like you're kind of in this little secret castle when you go to a hotel Mm -hmm. you know it feels like you you have this kind of moment that's very like uh it has like a you know it's going to come to an end there's like a finite quality of it
0: to me going to going this is also off topic again Getting a ho- like even though I've done it tons of times, I mean we we travel all the time. You know, like when you're a kid and you have those moments where you feel like an adult, and It's yeah. like so cool. Anytime I get a hotel room, it feels like that. It feels like I'm an adult. Like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's always like <laughs> feels it, so grown up. It feels like you're getting away with something, kind of.
0: Yeah, even though it's like I paid for this yeah, my here, credit card. They have
1: my credit card. Like, so they're gonna charge me if I eat anything yeah. from the minibar.
0: But yeah, it feels it feels like um. You remember, like, in the height of COVID where, like, CNN and stuff was full of these articles that were, like, Mm -hmm. everyone's getting divorced during COVID. Yeah, okay. This song makes me feel, like, the opposite. Like, him and Susie, is that her name? Yeah. In this, whatever, their apartment together, their condo. Yeah. And they're just growing closer, and and it's, like, a beautiful time for them.
1: Well, and I think, I I know for sure we probably talked about this on the other podcast about Carnage, but the... there were so many videos going around during COVID of people on their balconies. Like, you know, I think the f- most famous one was the...
0: Was it Italy or France? Italy. Where people were having, like, concert; They were, like, playing music together and it
1: was yeah. awesome. And they, like, I think they played, like, the Italian National Anthem yeah. and stuff like that. And it, that that stuff was really powerful. And, like, some of the, I guess, brighter things that come out of COVID. Another thing this made me think of that you kind of helped me uh, get out of my brain with your comment about... Nick and Susie is that it it kinda of feels like two people who have known each other for a long time are like, let's try something new, you know? Yeah. It's like it's kinda of had that feeling of like going to the sex shop and maybe you get a new toy to use with your partner or
0: you no, know, you're thinking of grinder man now.
1: Well, uh, I, 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 or, or, you know, it's like um, this song. They're ordering it on DoorDash. They're like, yeah, they're ordering this, the dildo. deliver this to my balcony. Dildo Dash is what and it's you called. You just th- throw it up. Uh, they just, they're just like catch. <laughs> um, she's like standing with her legs open on the balcony. <laughs> but the as I put on my lap dancing shoes, it just all kind of made me think of like people who are like falling all like in love all over again and like. I don't know. I feel like I keep wanting to say cute, charming, but there's just such an endearing quality of the song. It's not... It's sort of triumphantly sad.
0: But it does... Now that, like, there's more time removed from COVID, there is a part of me... Like, I know it was horrible for society, but there's a part of me that is going to be nostalgic for that time. And that's what the song makes me think of. Because even though me and Courtney already both work from home, Mm -hmm. it was like, like, what did you say, falling in love again? Because, like... I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't playing music with other people. I wasn't seeing other people. Like, the only thing we had to do was spend time with each other. Right. And it was just like, that'll probably never happen again until we retire. Yep. Like, it was just a weird moment in time.
1: Yeah, it was, if you were, depending on the position, it was like kind of a forced break in some ways. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, oh, we can't really go out and, you know, Mike's living with grandpa at the time, can't can't expose the elderly to it and you can't really you just can't go see the people that you would usually go see. So it's it's nice. I I think Nick and Warren and in general like Nick and the Bad Seeds they're they're good about their songs kind of being somewhat ambivalent in meaning and I really felt like Balcony Man had its own kind of like interpretation from listener to listener. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I couldn't shake is, are you going to watch The Whale?
0: Eventually, but if you want to, like, I feel like I've seen enough about it that I know most of the beats.
1: The experience, I don't think will be ruined by this, but the best scene in the movie is, so so. for those who haven't seen The Whale, spoiler a warning, like, you know, skip ahead a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, it's about a guy named Charlie who... Uh, lost his boyfriend, and he has a nervous breakdown essentially, and he develops an eating disorder, and just.
0: That's the most Darren Aronofsky. It's plot it's it's ever. very
1: upsetting. It's very sad. It's very gross. He is like weighs like four or five hundred pounds. He can't really walk around by himself. There's this scene where he's just like gore in like just eating everything in the house. Like, it's probably the best scene because he like takes a bite of a PB&J and starts, like, drinking mayo. It's, like, one of the grossest things ever. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is at the end, spoiler alert, he dies, <laughs> which you kind of know is going to happen from the beginning. But instead of him, he's, like, walking towards his daughter, and it's, like, a pretty – it's, like, the best part of the movie. And, you know, I think, you know,
0: it's always it sounds raining. so much like The Wrestler.
1: It's always raining. It's always dark. That's what I thought too. It's, Father, daughter, it's basically the wrestler, you know. but not as good and a little bit more disgusting. The wrestler is pretty disgusting. I think there's a, he's like getting like razor blades and shit stuck oh, in yeah. him and some wrestling stuff. Um, the reason I bring it up is that it, it all takes place inside this apartment. And the only thing you ever really see outside is rain. And then like, there's like a balcony where people come in and out of, and mm. he goes out, he orders a pizza and I think he has it scheduled because every night of the movie, he gets a pizza order, two pizzas, and he eats all of them. Balcony Man kind of made me think of like, you, you remember that picture of Michael Jackson like drop, like pretending to drop the baby on the balcony? Oh yeah. And I promise I'm gonna connect all these these dots together, but there's something like, um, there's something being played with here with like, like stardom and like the way that we view ourselves, and Balcony Man just feels like. Kind of like angelic and suicidal at the same time, uh, and there's something about like humanity that there's there's like there was there's like a collect, there was a collective experience going on during COVID, and then with if you watch the whale, like you're gonna have a reaction to it even if it's gross, and then obviously you get that reaction from Michael Jackson like pretending to drop a blanket or whatever the kid's name was. Um, it it feels like it just. It's like for for one moment you're in this little time capsule where you can make like a decision. There's some. There's the balcony is just kind of a, an interesting image. I don't know, maybe that's just maybe I just like hearing myself talk. But I just I, I kept thinking about like, the ending of the whale where right before he dies he starts to he starts to float upward, which feels impossible because he weighs so much, and then it's just bright light and that's the ending. Which is super cheesy but works.
0: I, I think it's like if you think about the. Again, this might be maybe just me liking to hear myself talk. You think about the the idea of a balcony. Yeah. It's like the same as a sunroom. Like, you're kind of outside in the world, but you're also kind of in your house. Yeah, you have control. Yeah, you're, like, in this middle world, Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of that time period felt like, this middle predatory. Yeah,
1: you're, like, hanging on to safety. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it is. Yeah, you're
0: outside, but you're safe.
1: Like, Charlie and the whale, like he's inside, but he's dangerous to himself. Michael Jackson, danger to the baby. <laughs> and then, you know, Balcony Man, it's like, we we have this like, nice, like loving moment going on in here, and we can go outside and kind of breathe the air and it but it still feels like condensed small. And I think that's where like the sweet quality of the song and I think the music in this aids it really
0: well. I think Oh, there's the, strings. There's like the backing vote. There's like the choir, almost. Yeah, like, that's beautiful. It's great, and and th- and it's like grandiose in a way. A lot of their minimal stuff isn't. There's a lot more layers than a lot of it has.
1: The tones they chose to use in the beginning of the song, I think, are the most unlike Warren mm-hmm. Ellis synth-, synth tones that he gets from that Korg. Like, I don't like. It was fun- it was interesting that Jeff sent me like that acid mix today because. It sounded more kind of like an Aphex Twin, like bleep or blip. It didn't sound like the kind of whirling, swirling like synth tones that they like to use in this later era. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, good song. And honestly, uh, I think Carnage is a great album. Yeah, I haven't re-listened to the whole thing, but I probably will this week. And I'm excited to because I'm like, oh, maybe now I'm, I, I just wasn't where I needed to be to appreciate it when it came out.
1: I mean, they were, there was so much talk about, I think there still is, is like, do you address the pandemic in media? Do people want that? Some people did it well. Some people didn't address it at all. It's kind of like, do you want your fiction to be fictitious or do you want it to be like What's addressing something reality? something
0: that did it well if you can think of something off the top of your head? Curb. <laughs> yeah. Like Albert Brooks hoarding uh,
1: uh, toilet paper, toilet paper yeah. and hand sanitizer was so funny. I forgot about that. Like for for comedy, I think it works really well, but it can also like Superstore. I think shouldn't have done it, but it also made sense for them to do that because it was in a grocery store, and so many people watching that show probably like I was working in a grocery store during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of stuff I don't think did it well though. Mr. Corman did it okay. What's that? Uh, have you you haven't seen that? It's on Apple TV. It's um uh Joseph Gordon levitts show.
0: Oh uh, okay. I've seen yeah, like trailers. It's really good, but
1: I think like 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 Mythic Quest. I think did a pandemic episode. Oh, didn't they did. They? Yeah, yeah. And I think I people really that. liked that. Yeah, it was. But good. I, I don't know. I'm not like a hater. Like if if you, if it's if it's done well, I'm not gonna like. I was just groan. curious because
0: I couldn't think anything off the top of my head. I forgot about Curb because I in like 2021. I was like, I do not want to watch shit about COVID. I was just well, over it. I was already... But now in 2023, if somebody wanted to make a movie about COVID, I'd be open to it.
1: Well, it's fascinating because in 2019, I felt like there was too much stuff to watch. But entertainment morphed with the pandemic so much so that like art has now just it just keeps up with the mainstream, mm-hmm. sometimes to its, its own detriment. Like, like we were talking about how Rick and Morty hasn't aged very well and it hasn't, it hasn't even been on TV very long. King of the Hill aged well. Family Guy hasn't aged very well. Like, you know, something about that, like, there's just, you got to do it a certain way.
0: You know? I think most comedies just don't age well. Yeah. And then you got your rare Mike Judges and Larry Davids, like, know how to be timeless. Apparently, though, the next season of Curb is probably the final one.
1: Yeah, hasn't even been he, that since that's like... That's what he always says, though. He but he is, like he's 15 getting, years. he's they're older. I mean, he's like 75,
0: like... It's I, crazy. He looked like he was seventy five for forty years. <laughs> <laughs> he just always looked pretty old. <laughs> uh, like sorry, Bern, like Bernie Sanders.
1: Sorry, LD. We know you listen to this one. Oh no, uh, I love
0: LD. But yeah, I mean, he he. I feel like he said every season since like season five is the last one. So yeah, we'll see. It's part of
1: his like. Eh, he just likes to be that kind of guy.
0: He's he seems so healthy. He could live to be like ninety, and he's he, super he might healthy. Take, he might take five years off, and then. Yeah, in Cassie David's books, she talks about how he's obsessed with like Goes to the D do- I mean he's like that forever. in the show too. Yeah, he's always
1: just- going to the intro- like the gastro gastrologist, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Or Gastroenterologist. Gastroenterologist and he's always going to get his heart checked out and he's always pissing off his doctors, so it's like I worry about him actually getting the care he needs, cause mm. he's probably just like, just like, are you sure you need that stethoscope right now? Did you That's me? how
0: my mom is. She goes to the doctor so much, and I'm like, when you actually need a doctor, they're not going to listen to you.
1: My mom goes to the doctor a lot too. I feel like I'm constantly hearing her be like, "Yeah, I just went to the dentist and I took a biopsy on my mouth and then I got an X-ray." And I'm like, "You're doing what? What, what else are you doing? Is that your hobby?" <laughs> Same with my mom. Like, you, you, at a certain point, you just like it. I think, I think it's a. People just have health anxiety. Like, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm more of the idea that like, if I can avoid thinking about that, I will. I I would like to, but I need like I need to go to the dermatologist and check this mole out on my arm. I've needed to do that for a long time, but it just kind of stresses me out. So I'd I've rather I've not stay. been to
0: the doctor since I was like 17. Well,
1: you know, you, you'll know when you need to go is kind of how, how I feel, I feel about like it.
0: When I need to go, I'll go.
1: Yeah, it's like, even when I sprained my ankle. When you guys were visiting San Diego, I really didn't want to go to the doctor. Like, I only went because I thought I broke it, and I was worried I would get an infection or something like that if I didn't get it checked out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could like amputate my hand, and I'd be like, well, maybe I can stick it back on. Courtney, staple I don't, it. <laughs> I don't really want to go to the doctor over this. Yeah, you're like the new the new season of Secession just started. Can't I, we I'm just an- like. Gorilla glue this.
1: Yeah, or just we'll just eat it, and then you can cauterize it on the grill. <laughs> I
0: just, yeah, I got we got the gas stove. I can just like hold it over the flame. Buffy's been has has a craving for a raw flesh <laughs>
1: recently, so two birds, one stone. Anyway, um, did you watch the secession season premiere? Well, I was gonna see if you wanted to watch it after we record, but I'm assuming you already watched it. I already watched it. Was it good? Yeah. That okay? You'll get my
0: disgusting brothers joke
1: uh, once you watch it. Oh, uh, okay. I I don't know how soon I'll watch it because, um, I I have forgotten a lot of it. I feel like I forget a lot of that show because I watched a lot of it while I was working and stuff. So I'm rewatching season one right now, and I just watched the episode where Tom. Swallows they do a his nice little load.
0: video package at the beginning, Oh, up. do they? Yeah, like a five minute like, you know, catching up on all the storylines.
1: I okay, this is a succession succession podcast from this minute forward, but. I love Kendall. I, I just, I love watching him. That actor, Jeremy Strong, mm. is so compelling. so weird. And, but I also love watching one of my, I think my favorite character is Tom.
0: It's all, it's just, I mean, all the great shows, I haven't seen, you know, The Wire and Sopranos, but when people talk about the great, great shows the yeah. time, they're great because all the characters, usually only the main character really has growth. Yeah, in secession, they all are somewhere way different than they were season one.
1: Yeah, and the change is
0: rapid from like season one to two, two to three. But Tom changes. I mean, I I only vaguely remember what he's like in season one, but he is a whole different person. It's
1: in, I I I think it's because I don't listen to the podcast about it, but I don't feel like it doesn't feel like that kind of show to me. But then w- when you bring it up, like
0: oh the ringer Bill Simmons is convinced it's like a top three show of all time. really? Yeah, the ringer is all all in on succession.
1: I mean, the more I watch it, the and more Van I Layton. like it. That's why I've been wanting to re-watch it because I feel like there's just so many little things I don't notice. But I still kind of feel like I never know what's going on. Is that part of it?
0: Um I don't I feel like I do, but it's also just like I'm interested in that world maybe more than you are. Maybe. Or I don't like know corporate. I, I just got because to the, it's so I, you don't follow wrestling, it is so they are the McMahon family. Like, oh, I'm convinced that they, like, I could spend an hour on this. There's so yeah. many storylines in this session that are direct parallels to Vince McMahon and his kids. So really? Many. Oh my God, yeah. I learned that has to be the biggest influence on the show that and Rupert Murdoch. It's
1: interesting you bring up the McMahons because I, I just watched John Cena on a comedian's podcast, uh, Andrew Santino's podcast, Whiskey mm. Ginger. And I really like John Cena. You know, he rides for my DC Universe people, so it was cool to to get to know him a little more. He's, he, he's kind of reserved, which I don't love. Like, he was pretty calm. I feel like he didn't open up too much. But what he did share... He's very
0: media trained. He doesn't ever want to yeah say something controversial.
1: Yeah, he... Like, Andrew would kind of say... St- Stuff like he was like, well, John, there was that one night where you were like shooting ping pong balls into my butthole and you, you got everyone in there. <laughs> and John, was, John would just stay so cool about it. Um, but what was cool is that he brought up how he became John Cena. And do you know the story? Mm-hmm. So he was on the tour bus and they told him like, I guess in wrestling. I, here's the thing. I just want you to, to know this. Everything about wrestling is really fascinating to me. I just don't really like watching it. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if you gave me a book or like a comic book about wrestling, I would love that. I mean,
0: I, some, there's weeks where I enjoy listening to the podcast about wrestling more than the wrestling yeah. they're talking about. But I, I also think it's, it's just like, such a fascinating world. It,
1: it's the same with like success, Secession or Prestige TV podcast. Like it, you, you want to feel like you're a part of an experience. Mm-hmm. And I get that with wrestling. So anyway, he, they tell him he's no longer going to be in the WWE. They're going to retire his character. But you know the way they're—I they're, guess they—they were really cool about that at the time. The way John Cena described it, at least. Again, media trained could be just being nice, but um, they were going to pay him for like the rest of the tour. So he grew up freestyling, and they were on the tour bus, and uh, one of the McMahon daughters—is it Stephanie? Stephanie, she's the only one. Yeah. She heard she's him rapping, daughter. and she was like, "Can you do that like all the mm-hmm. time?" and he just started doing a freestyle about her and she was and that's how John Cena's character was
0: born. Doctor so that's of why he start, What's that? That he was the Doctor of Thugonomics. Was he? That was like the what his rap character? That's so funny.
1: He he has an album. I had no idea mm-hmm. he did a rap album. album. Is it good? No.
0: I mean it's fine. It's better than you think. It's not yeah. It's better than the Macho Man Randy Savage album. I
1: I don't know. I there's just something about John Cena I really like. I think that it's
0: his media image but um, He's I just a likeable guy. I wish so he got burned one time. Well, he was wearing the food ago, and shit. He said something about China. China. He, um... Was it the... He was eating Chinese food or something? He expressed something about, like, how Taiwan should be free. For oh. Hong Kong. I can't remember. Oh, dude. WWE and, was probably pissed about that. Yeah, and it turned into this huge thing. Like, the, like the Chinese government was, like, asking WWE to make him retreat. Like, and I think ever since then, he is just... He will not say anything that could get him in trouble.
1: Whoa. That is, yeah, it, that's how it, it felt. It,
0: it was so offhand. Like, it wasn't, I mean, everyone thinks Hong Kong should be free. Like, but because he's so tied to this company and has ties to China, it was a huge controversy. Well,
1: Taiwan's an
0: even bigger thing to me. Maybe, I don't remember if it was Taiwan or Hong Kong, but. I mean,
1: anything with China, like a guy, that guy, he's like one of the most, he's like the rock almost. Like, mm. that's like one of the most famous movie stars right now. It's, you
0: but know he, what's he interesting? Became more reserved after that.
1: He's never been in a Marvel movie. Doesn't he feel like the perfect Marvel character?
0: His face shows up in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So he does have a character. No, there's like James, um, Drax and Mantis. Yeah. They go to LA and they're like, I can't remember exactly what happens. There's a thing where it's like all these celebrities and there's like a map of yeah. people's faces. And one of them is John Cena. I think it was just a little Easter egg James Gunn put in. So...
1: James Gunn, John Cena, if you guys hear this, my suggestion for John Cena is let him be fucking Charlie 27 from Guardians 3000.
0: I don't know who that is.
1: That's He's one of the Guardians from like the, the, the Guardians 3000 book. I think that's his name. Mm. It's either Charlie 27 or Charlie 24. He has the exact perfect build for that kind of character. Mm. But that being said, I think James Gunn kind of gave him the perfect role in Peacemaker. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, born to be that character. And I think Peacemaker's getting a second season or... Mm-hmm. Like, they're giving a spinoff
0: season. And there's the Amanda Waller show that yeah. he's going to be in.
1: He's so good in that show. He's so funny and stupid. He plays a doofus so well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hyped for the DC Universe stuff. That's going to be fun. You going to see the Mario movie? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm down to see it together. You
1: should let, you should let me know when you want to see that, because I think it yeah, comes out. Yeah, I mean, out- I don't
0: need to see it opening day or anything. I'm down to see it whenever.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. I, it looks good. And the trailers look good. I think Chris Pratt will. If Chris Pratt's the worst thing about it, we should go see it. Anything else you want to say about Balcony Man? Ready to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Uh, if you like this episode, guess what? We've got hundreds more episodes of Jubilee Street, a music podcast. If you're noticing, hey, wait, these guys talk a lot about Nick Cave on their podcast. Well, we used to specifically focus on Nick Cave, but we decided to. Kind of broaden our horizons, stretch out the the narrative a little bit, so to speak. We want to talk about all kinds of different stuff. So if you're not into Nick Cave, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff that's come out. You know, we did a replacements episode that we're really proud of. We had we just put out a hundred geeks episode. If you're feeling like geeking it up, check us out on Instagram at Jubilee Street Pod. Uh, you can email us at Jubilee at gmail.com. I think I covered everything. This one's for Corey Productions. Jubilee Street, signing out.
0: Peace. Maker.
1: This morning is amazing and so are you. This morning is amazing and so are you. In the morning sun. What am I to think on this balcony Fred?